This is the Vince Salerno Podcast, Episode 3. On today's episode, we're talking all those great Comic-Con reveals from this past weekend, the Hacksaw Ridge trailer, Jason Bourne's influence on the action genre, and much more. So sit back, relax, because the Vince Salerno Podcast starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Vince Salerno Podcast, Episode 3. As always, I am your host, Vince Salerno, on this Friday, July 29th, 2016. It's a beautiful morning here in Escondido, California, as early as it is. Happy to be awake, talking movies with you guys, for those of you tuning in, listening later on. Uh, Last week, we talked Star Trek with Eric Jenkins, and uh, now our Star Trek Beyond review is up on YouTube. You can go check out my YouTube channel, uh, Vince Salerno dash the Big V seventy five. All right, so our top five of the week. We had a lot of news come out today. A lot of really exciting things, and a couple somewhat confusing and slightly aggravating things. Uh, we got some. Uh, we got two topics of the week. Uh, one is a brief, brief thing I want to touch up on. One is going to be obviously, as I said, Jason Bourne, and we got a Twitter question. So without further ado, let's get down to the top five. So number one. Uh, Comic-Con, Justice League DC Cinematic Universe Comic-Con stuff. Um, first off, Wonder Woman. What a trailer. First off, what a poster. I think I talked about the poster being released um, on last week's episode and talked about how, much, how beautiful the poster was. We capitalized on that poster with an awesome, awesome trailer. Uh, the trailer was caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, I found myself enjoying it more than I expected to enjoy it. Um, you know, a lot of people I've heard, my, myself included, have been saying, oh, this is just going to be uh, a Captain America, the first Avenger, but with Wonder Woman, it's not going to be that great. Yeah. I mean, it still kind of looks like that just because it's in a World War era. But it, it looks a lot more... It's different because obviously it's Wonder Woman, but she she comes from this uh, this very distinct background that obviously Cap does not come from. Um, so it'll be interesting to delve into her mythology and and um, where she comes from and how she is introduced into uh, America and how she learns to love the people and eventually how when we'll get to the character that is in. Batman vs. Superman, and Justice League. Uh, so, looking forward to Wonder Woman. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, about damn time we get a Wonder Woman movie. Um, she's been long overdue, and I know f- female superhero films are sort of not in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, back then people weren't clamoring for these type of films, but now, more than ever, especially Wonder Woman, we need a Wonder Woman movie. So, great to know this is happening. Uh, next, Justice League. My favorite trailer of all the trailers that were released, Justice League. Wow. I mean, let's be honest. It was not a a well... It, the trailer was not cut together very well. It was, it was definitely a Comic-Con early footage trailer, um, which concerns me, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but Batman recruiting the Justice League, while it's not really consistent with the comics, I know he's sort of the guy who 
is trying to be recruited and doesn't want to be on the Justice League. It's weird seeing him being the recruiter of Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, uh, many others to come in sequels probably. Um, so it's it's a little jarring, but it's still really cool to see Ben Affleck back as Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman. Looks great as always. Uh, Wonder Woman was in it. Looks great. Aquaman got some stuff of, of him. He looks pretty beast. <laughs> Don't want to mess with Aquaman. Uh, they're really making him a badass character, uh, which, you know, if you know Aquaman, you know he's not known for being the the most badass or well-known character, so it's cool that they're beefing him up a bit, making him a little more, uh, a little more edgy. Uh, Flash stole the show, absolutely hilarious, sort of the Spider-Man of the DC Cinematic Universe, which isn't a bad thing, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to see a funny character, and the, the tone, the tone of this trailer immediately is humorous and fun, and and it's, it looks like it's going to be a fun adventure like the Avengers was. And I think that's the greatest course correction that DC is doing with their movies is that they've realized they can't be down in the dumps, dark, gritty, sad stuff that Batman v Superman was. I mean, you can still do that, but you have to know where your limit is and when it's appropriate, when it's inappropriate. And Batman v Superman was just a a joyless action romp. I mean, it, that's that's what I think. Um, but this looks like a lot of fun, a lot of great characters, and we have we know Superman's coming back because they released that awesome image of the entire league together because we all knew he was coming back. So, but that's I'm getting off topic. Justice League looks awesome. Can't wait. Most anticipated DC film right now. Uh, and then also we got. Uh, a f- <laughs> a fourth a fourth suicide squad trailer for comic-con still not revealing a lot some tiny little glimpses of new footage new dialogue otherwise a completely brand new trailer just still not revealing too much not even the villain but i'm hearing more and more that people are thinking that the villain is going to be the enchantress which is odd because the first image of the squad pictured her with them so i'm but i thought she was part of the squad so i don't know um i'm hoping she's still part of the squad maybe she has like a conversion moment or something I, i'm not sure she's the main baddie but she could be um and i i'm i'm glad i don't know i'm so glad that after four trailers we barely know anything about what the suicide squad is going up against and that's what i think that's what what makes this film so great that's why people are looking forward to it, is that they want to know the answers. Um, you get all these cool footage, all these glimpses of what's to come with Batman, Joker, the squad itself, um, what the future is for the squad. All these great questions that we have are going to be answered in the movie, and I'm looking forward to it. It's really going to uh, expand the DC universe in a way that Batman v Superman should have. So, great stuff from DC. Um, they really stole the show, I think. One issue I have with DC right now is that I think they're jumping the gun a little too much. A fourth trailer for Suicide Squad. The fact that they released this Comic-Con Justice League footage online, we're starting to get a little overspoiled. It's like, I don't need... I didn't need the Comic-Con footage of Justice League. I didn't need a fourth... Suicide Squad, maybe a clip. That would have been cool, a clip. 
but I think this is going a little overboard. I mean, if they they do any more, if they do another press release where they release another crap ton of information on Justice League, I'm going to be a little concerned because I want to go into this movie knowing as less as possible. And we already know that Batman's recruiting the team, and some people say no, some people say yes, they're going to go up a threat, they're going to be get their butt kicked, and then Superman's going to come in. They said Superman's going to come in th- around the third act. And that, to me, is kind of a minor spoiler, even though we knew he was coming back. So I just hope they don't jump the gun, or I'm hoping that I'm completely wrong, and all these assumptions are maybe they're misleading us. I just think they're releasing too much, and there's a limit. There needs to be a limit as to what you're telling us and what uh, you should be keeping in the... In the in the dark, because the thing that's great about Marvel is they they try and keep as much hidden as possible, and so once you get in the theater, you're totally surprised by everything. So I'm hoping GC after this year really backs off and tries to uh, stop trying to win the fans over with with all these reveals and stuff. I mean, of course they're trying to course correct from BVS, but hopefully they will uh, they will. I understand, yeah. Of course, they're trying to course correct from Batman versus Superman. Um, so once they get over that, though, let's hope that they uh, tone it down on the content. All right, topic of the week number two, Comic-Con Marvel. Uh, Marvel released a lot of great stuff. <clears throat> uh, didn't really stole, steal the show for me, uh, which is weird because I love Marvel more than DC, uh, but still some really great stuff. Um, Doctor Strange trailer was fantastic. Um, once again, cannot wait for this movie. Looks like it'll be a real game changer for Marvel. It looks like it's going to be a completely different movie. Some people are concerned that it's going to be bad. It's going to be the worst Marvel film ever. I don't see that happening. I just, with the cast behind it, you don't get uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Tilda Swinton, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Rachel McAdams, Mads Mikkelsen, you don't get that type of cast, Oscar-nominated, Oscar-winning cast. In a, you don't get that cast in a bad movie. I don't think these actors would have been in it if it was a bad movie. If they read the script and they liked it, that means there's potential. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that potential is. I think this could be a big hit. I mean, it's coming out in November, so I don't think it'll make as much money. But it'll still be a hit, nonetheless. Uh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see this movie. It'll be a real surprise, I think. Um, so great trailer, great poster. We got some uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 stuff. They talked about how um, Star-Lord's father is Ego the Living Planet, which is a little jarring. Uh, I guess he does take a human form. Uh, I was a little confused by that. Why is he Ego the Living Planet? And like, wait, his dad's a planet? So is, is Kurt Russell going to have, like, CGI dots on his face, and he's going to have, like, this moon or planet shaped around his head? Like, it's weird, but I, I don't know. I, I, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a cool idea, um, and a very uh, unexpected one. Nobody guessed. We, 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 it was rumored that Ego was going to be in the movie, but not that he was going to be Star-Lord's dad, so it's great that nobody guessed that until now. Um, Yondu came on, or, uh, Michael Roker came on stage as Yondu in full costume with the Ravengers. That was a lot of fun. That was really hilarious. Um, they showed uh, a brief teaser and some unfinished footage with Baby Groot and Rocket and Yondu. Some great stuff. I didn't see any of it because it didn't get leaked or it didn't come online officially. Um, 
I mean, if, if it got leaked, I wouldn't see it anyways, just because, you know, that takes the, takes the fun out of it. Um, but if it's, if it's unfinished, I, 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 I would rather have them finish it and then show it to us. Um, so good for them for, uh, decide not to release the footage. Uh, we also got some, uh, uh, the cast of Spider-Man Homecoming came out, talked about, uh, the movie, uh, revealed some new footage, revealed that, uh, the, the, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, I forget his name, but there's the kid from, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and Dope. He's gonna be playing Flash Thompson, uh, which I'm not too great, too happy about. Like, I don't mind that this guy's in the movie. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. Um, I don't mind that this guy's in the movie. He's a great actor, and I'm super glad he's in the movie. But I don't need him to play Flash Thompson. I want a Flash Thompson-type guy to play Flash Thompson. I mean, that's what I expect. That's what everyone expects. Uh, So hopefully he can can prove us wrong that this is the right choice. Otherwise, I don't know. I'm just not digging it. Um, Otherwise... There was some Breakfast Club, uh, John Hughes-esque footage released at Comic-Con. Looked, sound, sounds like a, it was a funny scene. We got our first glimpse of the Vulture, who is being played by Michael Keaton. We saw a concept art of Spider-Man and the Vulture fighting. Looks really awesome. Vulture's techie suit is a little reminiscent of the previous films, which I'm not too happy about. Yeah, I just, I, my hope is just that this costume is not too techie, and I hope it, it's... I don't know. I just don't like that we're trying to ground everything in the Marvel Universe. Like, make things a little weird and fun like they are on the comics, especially things like the Vulture or the Green Goblin. Um, If you can make the comic book costume of Spider-Man as true as possible, you can make these costumes as true as possible. But nonetheless, uh, I trust Marvel and I trust what they're doing. Uh, We got some Black Panther confirmation of the cast. Um, uh, Chadwick Boseman, of course, Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is going to be playing the villain, and uh, I think plot details got released that it's going to be about T'Challa, T'Challa, yeah, T'Challa, uh, f- defending his his home from uh, Killmonger, I think his name is, for, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, and um, and uh, oh gosh, Annie Serkis's character from Age of Ultron. Um, I forget, but Andy Serkis' character from Ultron, Crawl, uh, Ulysses Claw, Claw, not Crawl, Claw. Yeah, so that would be cool to see those two finally in this film, in this universe. Another thing we got, which I'm so happy about, is Brie Larson is confirmed for Captain Marvel. She is going to be playing Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie coming out in 2018. So excited. I think um, if you guys follow me on Periscope, you saw that I made a video about being excited for her potentially being uh, Captain Marvel, and she is officially confirmed now, and I'm so happy about that. She is... I've had my eye on on Brie Larson for such a long time, and I think she'd be great in the role. I can't wait to see what they do with it. So, yeah, Marvel was great this year. I don't think they really won the show like DC did, but uh, nonetheless, Comic-Con, I think, was awesome this year. A lot of other great reveals, like Kong, Skull Island, and... The King Arthur trailer was eh, but still cool stuff. Uh, I could go on and on about Comic-Con, but we got to move on to our next topic. Uh, topic number three. Uh, so apparently, there's going to be a Han Solo trilogy. Uh, reports are claiming that uh, 
everybody at Lucasfilm was really excited about the Han Solo movie and that Alden Ehrenreich has signed on for potentially three films with Han Solo uh, as like a spin-off trilogy. Um, I'm a little I'm a little divided with this one because while I, I don't I think a Han Solo movie is a good idea, I don't know about a Han Solo trilogy. Because while it could be cool to do three standalone adventures with Han and then lead into episode four, um, it, you know, it just feels like you're shrinking the universe, uh, which, I don't know. I, at the same time, at the same time, it, 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 it could be a cool idea to do all these great adventures with Han Solo, bring in characters like Boba Fett or Greedo or Jabba, and just have a fun Star Wars adventure with Han Solo. I mean, it, it could work. I think a trilogy could work. Um, someone, I don't remember who pointed this out, out to me, but someone said that uh, it could be that Han Solo could p- appear in other films that are before episode four or during or between or whatever, you know, wherever in the uh, before episode seven, obviously. Um, if they set films in that area between 4, 5, and 6, or before 4, 5, and 6, or after 4, 5, and 6, um, Han Solo could appear in those ones. That could be part of his three-picture deal. So we don't know for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little divided on a Han Solo trilogy. I don't know if it could be a great idea. It could also be a terrible idea. But it all really depends on the first movie. So once we see the first Han Solo movie, um, we'll we'll see how it turns out but I, I, I right now i'm going to uh be on the fence could be great but could be a bad idea uh topic number four mel gibson's hacksaw ridge the first trailer was released yesterday morning and man does it look good looks so good my friend jj schindler and i we're big mel gibson fans jj more than me actually and uh we're both geeking out over this trailer um, we've been waiting for Mel Gibson's comeback for a long time, and uh, I cannot wait to see this movie. Andrew Garfield, Sam Worthington, uh, uh, Hugo Weaving, Teresa Palmer, uh, Vince Vaughn in a serious role for once. Um, a lot of great, great actors in this film. Um, and I think this really could be a great, great movie and a potential Oscar winner, too. Um, so yeah, this is this is definitely one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and uh, I cannot wait to check it out. If this movie does well, I think Mel Gibson will be brought back into the spotlight, which is be so awesome because I miss Mel Gibson, man. He's a great director, despite what you think about him. He's had his issues in the past, but he is a fantastic filmmaker and actor too. So I'm hoping that this is a real, true comeback for him. All right, our fifth and final topic of the week. The Rocketeer reboot. For those of you who don't know, The Rocketeer is a Disney live-action Disney movie released in 1991. There, it, it takes place in World War II about a, uh, a young pilot who finds this jetpack designed by the Nazis, I think. And he takes this jetpack and becomes a superhero called The Rocketeer. And he fights Nazis... Um, flies around, shoots people, and it it's a fun movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. And a reboot of the movie was announced a couple... I can't remember if it was a couple months ago, a couple years ago. Uh, but now, more details are resurfacing about this said Rocketeer reboot. And it's said to be called The Rocketeers. 
and it's supposed to be a sequel reboot uh, taking place six years after the original with the, the original Rocketeer disappearing or something. And uh, a new character is supposed to take on the role, but this character will be a black female character. Now, before I go on, I want to say I am not against black people in, in movies. I'm not against women in films. I'm not even against black women in films. Um, I, I celebrate when these roles are, are put in films. Um, so I'm very confused about this. I don't know what to think. Um, I don't want to sound sexist or even racist, but I just don't think this is a good idea. I mean, the rocket. I mean, it, it becomes the the it becomes a question of okay, are you now rebooting it just because you want to cater to the female audience, or do you want to actually make a good Rocketeer movie? Because this is where I think Ghostbusters even suffers from is that it's it feels like a very sexist type film that just wants to cater to women alone and not to fans of Ghostbusters or fans of the franchise. If if the choice of casting a black female is to cater to the franchise and further the lore of the franchise, if if it makes sense to put a black female character in this film and it works, then great. But if you're just catering to an audience, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I th- I th- I don't mind a female character taking on the Rocketeer. I'm not I'm not a beloved Rocketeer fan. I'm not disappointed by this, but I just don't know if it's going to work. I I I don't know what you're trying to who you're trying to cater to with this. So, um, let's I'll be hopeful for this Rocketeer reboot. I hope it turns out. I hope this choice works out in their favor, but I just don't think it's going to work. It it might blow up in their face, but we'll see. So, those are top five of the week. Comic-Con Justice League, Comic-Con Marvel, the Han Solo trilogy, Hacksaw Ridge trailer, and the Rocketeer reboot. Now on to our topics of the week. So, I'm going to touch briefly on this one, and it is about uh, script notes. So, a couple days ago... Um, I gave a script out to a couple of people um, that I've been writing with a friend. Uh, we're developing a web series uh, or a, a uh, proof of concept for a web series, if you will. And uh, we gave the script to uh, a couple of people that we wanted to get feedback from. And um, the script that we're writing is... Is rough. It's a very rough draft. It's, it deals with time travel and a lot of very intricate elements, and we're still trying to figure out exactly what we want it to be. Um, and, you know, usually when you give scripts out to people and you want them to read it and give feedback, you want them to give notes that are honest but also um, helpful. Like, this is what I think, this is what you could do, and how to course correct. Um, and when I got these scripts back, there were a couple that were very good. They were, they listed out what they liked, what they didn't like, and what they think I should do, what needs strength. Uh, and then there were a couple that were just like one lines, like, I'm confused. I don't like this. I don't get it. 
and I was a little I was a little uh, mad about this. I'm not really happy with uh, what came back to me. Now, it's not the fact that the script got mixed reception. I I mean I I appreciate the honesty. If they didn't like the script or if it didn't make sense, I, that's okay. I don't mind that. What I mind is these one-word uh, notes like, I'm confused. I don't like this. I don't get it. Change this. Do this. Okay. Tell me what, 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 tell me what you think I should do. Um, so I guess my, my, my uh, advice or my uh, response to this is uh, when you're giving notes to people who hand you a script and they trust your opinion, they want you to give an honest intellectual opinion, no matter who it is or what the uh, – no matter who it is or whether they tell you or not, you should always strive to give notes that are honest and helpful. Like tell them. I didn't like how this panned out. You need to decide between this and this. I didn't like this. It d- doesn't feel – it feels very weak. Maybe try and strengthen it or strengthen it by doing this. Um, so if you're, if you're handed a script, if you're handed a script and, you need, and you're asked to give notes on the script or anything, a book, a movie, anything, give notes that are honest – and helpful. Tell them what you liked and what you didn't like and offer a way to course correct. But don't just put little phrases like, I'm confused. I don't get it. This doesn't look good. I don't like that. This is weak. Because that doesn't help scriptwriters. And I'm not talking about just me. Everybody. Those, that's the worst kind of note you can give to a scriptwriter is brief notes like that that don't help them. Like, I mean, they do in a way. Like, they're honest, yes. But what, what, what is, what's the point of it if you're not going to say, you know, maybe you should try doing this? Like, tell them that there's potential. I mean, if it's a piss-poor script, then don't say – don't lie and say maybe you should try doing this because I think that would work. If you don't know how to make it work, then okay. But just be honest. Tell them what – tell – give them constructive criticisms. Things that will help them understand your point of view, what's wrong with it, and help them to improve on that. Um, so that's just my, my two cents on script, script notes. If you're going to give script notes, be honest and helpful. Uh, all right, so on to the main topic of the week, the Jason Bourne influence on the action genre. So this week, as you guys probably know, Jason Bourne is coming out. The fifth installment in the Jason Bourne franchise, and the fourth film in the franchise to feature Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. This film has sort of been in the works for like nine, ten years now. It's taken a long time, but we finally have Jason Bourne back on the big screen, and I'm happy. I I, I grew up with this character. This was this was this franchise was the first action series that I had watched that I thoroughly enjoyed. Loved the first one, loved the second one even more. Third one was off the chain, awesome. I, Born Ultimatum is one of my is my favorite action film of all time. Um, not just in the way that 
it's shot and the way it's filmed and the camera work and the colors that they use, but just how it furthers the lore and the story of Jason Bourne and how it sort of ends it but leaves it open for more. Um, I haven't seen Jason Bourne yet, and I probably won't for a while. It's because I've been spending money uh, like crazy on movies. Um, so I'm probably going to wait till the prices go down on tickets. But um, let's just talk about how influential Bourne has been. Um, so you think back to uh, the first film. Uh, the first film, I don't... The first film was a little bit of a uh, different type of action film compared to the, the, pre- the other two. The first film had hints of humor and comedy, not a legit comedy action film, but it was a little more action, fun, humorous action film. Uh, so I don't really consider that one to be too influential. I mean, it definitely made a lot of money, was well-received by audiences. Doug Lyman did a great job, despite the difficulties he had making that film. And, um, you know, people liked the movie. It's not the best one, but it's definitely without that one, we wouldn't get to the other two. So I enjoy it. I, I'm sure other people do as well. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't, I think, it wasn't until Paul Greengrass stepped in and we got into the second one that it really started to change the genre. Because I don't think there had been a movie like the Bourne films to come out that the, the way it was shot the story, the character, this guy who has no memory and is slowly turning into a new person while he's trying to remember who he was. I don't think that story's ever been told in a movie series. Um, so it was very interesting and very uh, engaging. Um, like, we want to know the answers with Bourne, and we're following him as he does this and the way he even though like the way he fights in these movies he just uses whatever the hell he can find i don't know if that's been done in movies before but it works really well in this movie like you see guys coming at him with machine guns and knives and all these like dangerous weapons and he's coming at you with a magazine a chair leg a knife a toaster he's doing he's just using whatever he can find and he's he he has this um he's he's like thinking as he 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 makes it up as he goes along but he does it in such an expert way it's he's he's like the pinnacle of of what Treadstone and the CIA wanted out of these agents. And the fact that he's gone rogue is so intriguing, like their best agent, the top the top brass, the best of the best is the guy that you're trying to kill, you're after. And that's, that's just so cool to me. It's just awesome. Um, the way they developed this character and how they sort of flipped the, the spy genre on its head Introducing this character who's a who's a spy who wants to do good, but what he was doing was not good. Like he was working for a dirty organization, and these films become they sort of delve into from they start from like him trying to find out who he is to him uncovering the truth and exposing the bad guys. Um, which is just great. Um, and then, you know, like I said, act- action scenes are great. The way it's shot is is also great. Like, people think it's nauseating the the uh, 
constantly moving camera, not on a tripod. I like that style. I think it's a great style. It goes hand in hand with Bourne. Like they've they perfected that style, and it's it's if if you see that style in any other movie, you think Bourne. And a lot of films have copied off that style in in, in the future, like. I believe the Bond films taking that really serious dark tone with the new Bond films from from uh, Skyfall onward, they've really borrowed from Bourne and trying to make it not too much like Bourne, but trying to make it so that it's a Bond has an engaging story that challenges him emotionally, intellectually, like Bourne, and I think that's exactly what Bourne does. These the movies that is. <clears throat> And, you know, other films have tried to do it in the in the future. Like I even think uh, Ben Affleck's film, The Accountant, is very much a a uh, response to Bourne. That they want to give Ben Affleck his own Bourne franchise. Like he is the pinnacle of the super smart assassin killing dude. I don't really know what he is. He's an accountant, but uh, you know he has issues with like social socializing with people. And so you see more and more that Bourne has influenced the action genre more than ever. Like, you see more and more films taking on that shaky cam style that Bourne has. You see them, the characters are more deep and intellectual, they're having problems, um, like, similar to the ones that Bourne suffers through. Um, so really, Bourne has defined the ac- the modern action film, I think. And, you know, today I'm hearing the move the Jason Bourne the fifth movie is not a great film i'm hearing it's it's doesn't really reach the intellectual um standards that the first 3 films set but it's still a great film it's what we expect from a bourne movie and it's still a lot of fun and it's nevertheless what fans have wanted from a bourne movie uh and i don't think i think a lot of us are really expecting each of these films to really exceed expectations and win Oscars and stuff. And I don't think I don't think the the future sequels of Jason Bourne need to exceed the previous films. They just need to be good, need to be fun. Maybe I, I don't know. I guess I need to see the movie to really understand, but um it's a little disappointing to hear that the intellectual, emotional uh story aspects aren't as strong as they used to be in previous films. So I'm hoping that Maybe they will course correct a little bit, and the future of the Bourne franchise will be a lot more engaging, a lot more intellectual, and a lot more uh, what we expect from the Bourne franchise. But um, this is supposed to be a good film. We celebrate Bourne and the effect it's had on the modern action genre. And uh, being a big fan ever since I was 13, I'm overjoyed we're getting another one, and I can't wait to see it. And you should too. It comes out today, so... If you're thinking about going to see Jason Bourne, go see Jason Bourne. All right, moving on to our Twitter question of the day. Uh, once again, guys, I, I understand that um, some people reached out to me and said that my hashtag for Twitter questions is a little long. So I decided to – I'm going to shorten it a little bit. If you want to send me a Twitter question now, um, you don't have to type out hashtag the Vince Lionel podcast. Just – if you want if you want to ask me a question, just type out – um, hashtag VS podcast VS as in Vince Salerno. So that's it. Once again, if you want to have a Twitter question on the show, that is hashtag VS podcast. 
All right. So our first Twitter question, our only Twitter question for today, comes from a good friend of mine, Courtney Campbell. What up, hipster? And her question is, if you had to watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? Thanks for the question, Courtney. Uh, And that is a good question. I've never gotten that before. Um, One movie for the rest of my life. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story is the first film I ever watched that really got me into filmmaking and got me into wanting to make movies. Um, And I I can watch that movie a, a dozen times and still get a lot of great things out of it. It's a great... A lot of great action, hilarious comedy bits with Woody and Buzz, especially Woody in that movie. My gosh, he's hilarious. Um, a lot of drama and tension. Um, I'm, I'm attracted to stories that have themes of like friendship and trust. Just, just based on life experiences I've had, I've, I'm more inclined to watching stories about friendship. Um, and... It's just a fun, colorful, action-y comedy movie. And it's animated, too. So uh, I, I guess it's, it's sort of... Uh, it's, it's one of the movies that has defined how I want to make a lot of my movies. I want them to be funny. I want them to be action-packed. I want them to be emotional, too. I want them to be gut-wrenching. Um, and I also want them to be really, really good. Um which all, all depends on audience reception and critic reception, all that stuff. So uh, anyways, so yeah, uh, not only because it's my favorite movie, it is a great movie, and it really defines like what I want to do with films in the future. So yes, Courtney, to answer your question, the one movie I would watch for the rest of my life would be Toy Story. All right, guys, well, that's it. That's all the topics we have for today. Once again, to run down everything, top five of the week was Comic-Con Justice League, Comic-Con Marvel, the Han Solo trilogy, Hacksaw Ridge trailer, and the Rocketeer reboot. The topics of the week were script notes and Jason Bourne's influence on the action genre. And our one Twitter question was from Courtney Campbell asking, what movie would I watch for the rest of my life if I had no choice? And the answer was Toy Story. If you guys have a question you want to get on the show, you can ask me on Twitter. Just use the hashtag the s podcast and ask your question uh if you guys want to follow me you guys can follow me on twitter at the bb75 on instagram the bb75 underscore vince and of course all my social media links will be in the description and uh let me know what you guys thought of the show leave a comment send me a message i'd love to start a conversation with you guys talking about movies the great thing about movies is that they're subjective we all have different opinions we all have um different ideas on how films should be done um so Let's have a conversation. Let's be civil about it. Let's be respectful about it. And let's talk. I'd love to talk to you guys about film and what you guys' thoughts are on all these topics and many more to come. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for listening in. Have an awesome day and an awesome weekend. I'll see you next Friday. God bless and peace out. (laughs) 